Last year, the FDA issued an alert for hospitals to discontinue use of a certain line of infusion pumps after it was discovered that certain vulnerabilities put the medical devices at risk for tampering by hackers. Now, the National Institute of Standards and Technologies National Cybersecurity Center of Excellence, or NCCOE, is launching a project aimed at helping the healthcare sector improve the cybersecurity of wireless infusion pumps. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Gavin O'Brien, a computer scientist at NIST's NCCOE, and Gavin will explain why the center is launching this project and what it hopes to achieve. So now, Gavin, for starters, NCCOE had previously issued draft guidance addressing the cybersecurity of wireless infusion pumps. So please briefly describe how this new project compares with NCCOE's previous infusion pump work. The original white paper that we published had a lot of detail about uh, wireless infusion pumps, but after meeting with our community of interest or a group of folks who um, come forward and help participate with us, we realized that some of the things that we had categorized in our original white paper needed to be clarified and adjusted. So we spent about a year with our community, and that community consists of anyone who really wants to participate. It's open to the public. And we worked a lot with people who had provided us comments on our original white paper, and it it was really those comments that made us rewrite our white paper uh, and basically adjudicate all the comments that we had received. So, Gavin, what are the goals of this new project? The goals are still the same. We want to create what we call as a practice guide, which is really a set of best practices and standards that we want folks to use. And it contains many pieces. Our practice guides are typically pretty large documents. They contain usually an executive summary for C-suite folks to understand what we're doing. They contain mappings and tables of standards and mapping those standards to, say, products or security characteristics. We usually do a risk assessment, and that is sort of good practice, but it also is meant to be information so that organizations can start doing their own risk assessments. And finally, we have what we call a how-to guide, and that's all the details of what we put together and how we, we came up with our solution. But remember that our Our solution isn't the solution. It's just one of many solutions, and it's really sort of comprised of the people who came forward and the products that came forward that we felt would be useful in a a build. So, Gavin, what do you hope medical device manufacturers will take away from this project when it comes to the cybersecurity of their products? The guide is really meant not only maybe for manufacturers, but also for healthcare providers. Typically, when you deploy a medical device, it goes into a hospital, it sits on their network if it's, if it's a wireless device, and it is, really becomes part of a system of systems. And although the devices themselves are regulated, the systems of systems that they're put in is, is not a regulated system. And so, A lot of the best practices are are meant for the providers so that they have information that they can look toward to help them do a better job of, say, setting up their their Wi-Fi or setting up their network or uh, deploying tools that would help them scan their networks or other cybersecurity 
tools that might be effective for them. So it's a place where they can come read about uh, effective tools to, to mitigate the risk of cybersecurity attacks. In doing that and in working with the vendors, they'll also see gaps in areas, and so they, they may find that they need to go back and, and do a better job of providing cybersecurity on their device. So there is a portion that may help the vendor, but there's also a portion of these guys that could help the provider. So, Gavin, as I stated earlier, FDA last year issued an alert about the cybersecurity vulnerabilities in certain infusion pumps from one particular manufacturer. So this sort of shows that there can be flaws that affect the security of some specific infusion pumps from a particular manufacturer, but not necessarily all infusion pumps from all manufacturers. So how will you focus your work? Will you be looking at an assortment of popular infusion pumps from a mix of different manufacturers? And what will you be looking at? And will these best practices apply to any infusion pump from any manufacturer? We would like to use as many pump manufacturers as possible in our work. Most of the guidance would be generic, but we might have specific information about a particular pump. I think that there are a lot of things you can do in the healthcare organization that could help mitigate cybersecurity flaws in a particular device. So with the example of the pump that FDA gave guidance out, you could do things to your network to help mitigate some of the specific shortcomings of that pump and therefore potentially operate that pump without some of these risks. So that sort of thing that we'd like to help illuminate the community on. In your previous work and in previous evaluation of infusion pumps, what are generally the biggest risks that you see? What are generally the biggest problems that need to be addressed when it comes to cybersecurity? Oftentimes, pumps or devices, if they use a an off-the-shelf operating system and they don't pay particular attention to the features of that operating system, they could leave common holes open for attack. And sometimes the device uses has the operating system on there, but the controls for whatever they're doing, in the case of infusion pumps, maybe they're, they're pumping fluid. That activity may be in a separate set of hardware on the device. So what happens is that the operating system that they've left open becomes a pivot point into into the network of the hospital. But the safety for the, the person who's on the device may not be that easily impacted. So in the case of infusion pumps, you might be able to get onto the pump and see this operating system, but to impact the actual pump engine and things like that can be much more difficult. So there are sort of a stages or levels of of ability to impact pumps and devices. So, Gavin, why did NIST choose to focus this cybersecurity work on wireless infusion pumps versus other types of medical devices, and will the center examine the cybersecurity of other medical devices looking forward? So at the center, we, we focus on what we call our sectors, and so we have a healthcare sector. And in that sector, we set out to look at devices. And when we ran a series of roundtables, it was overwhelming. The majority of people felt that infusion pumps were a good device to start with. There are a lot of them out there, and they're used in a wide variety of settings. And I think it's something that providers are concerned about. So in, in a sense, our community kind of picked them. I think in the future, we'd like to pick more devices and use a different set of devices 
I think that devices can be categorized. So, for instance, you have devices that have large operating systems and have large computing power, like, say, MRI or a linear accelerator. And you have some that have, say, maybe radiation and others that are implantable. So these are all specific categories and have uh, specific issues with them. So I think in the future we'd, we'd like to do sort of a set of devices that touch on all these areas. So Gavin, what's next in this project and what will the end product be and when? Generally we put out two publications. We put out the white paper that describes the project or the problem, talks about the issues. Then at the end of the project when we've gone into our lab and we've built a solution, we produce a a practice guide. And this practice guide has, uh, again, I've spoken a little bit about it, has a lot of information in it. Our practice guide for the wireless infusion pump will probably come out at at the end of the year. We've just published our federal register notice, which is a period in which we're asking for folks to come forward and submit letters of interest to participate in our build. Once we get a a critical mass of participants, we go into the build phase, which I'm hoping starts in, say, the May timeframe. And then there's a period of about six months where we're going to need to build our solution and, and then document it. All of that time, we hold monthly calls with our community of interest and keep them posted on how we're doing and what we're doing and getting advice back from that community. And when you say critical mass, are are you targeting a certain number of medical device makers, certain kinds of healthcare entities to participate? What are you looking for in terms of participation? Sort of the minimum bar is one component for every part of our sort of high-level architecture. So in, in our white paper, we published a, a high-level architecture, really a sort of a listing of components. And we would need to get one component in every area so that we could mimic what's being done in, in the healthcare provider setting. If we had some component that we that we couldn't get, we might then go to some sort of open source solution, and that's what we've done in the past. But in general, we'd, we'd like to get a vendor for every component. And when you say component, what do you mean? Do you mean uh, pieces of software that that's used within these devices or something else? That's right, So and hardware. So we sort of in a general sense, we'd need a, a pump, and they'd provide us a pump server. We'd need networking and switches. We would need uh, some sort of Wi-Fi communication for the pump. And then there are, we would, companies come forward with tools for, maybe scanning the network or tools for, for for instance, there's been a technology for monitoring the energy that goes into the pump and it's sort of a near-field analysis tool. So any sorts of new cybersecurity techniques that, that might lend themselves to helping with the cybersecurity of the pumps uh, would be a nice feature to let people know that it exists out there. And so as companies come forward and present their technologies to us in their letters of interest, we try and determine if that would be a useful tool to highlight in our build. 
And one last question, Gavin. We've been seeing in the healthcare sector ransomware attacks where hackers come in and they basically encrypt the various systems at a hospital, say, and then, you know, ask for a ransom to unlock these systems. Do you think medical devices in general are vulnerable to these sorts of attacks? And any advice for what healthcare entities might do now just to prevent that from happening to their environments? I think if you're on the flip side of that and you're trying to find something to to hold sort of hostage, you're going to pick vital systems in a health in any organization's architecture. So things like EHRs and and that sort of data are very important. Medical devices, since in the case of infusion pumps, there are a lot of them. It would be a more difficult task to hold hostage all of their devices. So if there were some single point of failure or some single point of software that you could grab onto and then hold that hostage, that would probably, you'd want to analyze and look for for that thing because that's the thing that those folks are going to go after. Thanks, Gavin. I've been speaking to Gavin O'Brien of NIST. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.